record. If I didn't qualify then, I wouldn't qualify now either. My, oh my, am I ever glad my son didn't give up on me. He reminded me that I was on a limited income and that it was easier than ever for people like me to qualify. So I called and he was right. Now I pay just a few dollars for generics and a few dollars more for brand name prescriptions. With extra help, I can afford the prescriptions I need. Thanks, Medicare. Get the extra help you need to stay healthy. Visit socialsecurity.gov or call 1-800-772-1213. The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. I want to give that call-in number again today. It's 973-267-WMTR or 973-267-9687. Uh, Answers Live is brought to you every Sunday morning by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. I'll give you a little background on our group. We're located at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey, with seven other offices located throughout the state. Our newest one in Bedminster, New Jersey, at 350 uh, Main Street on Schoolhouse Village. You could reach our office by calling 973-285-7800, or you can reach us on the web at www.ansdocs.com. And again, don't let insurance dictate where you go for neurosurgery. We will see all patients. Remember that. Okay, now we're getting into our topic today. Um, I want to announce that this June 1st is Men's Health Month. So we're going to bring you a great topic for all our male listeners and probably will benefit some of our female listeners this morning also. Um, my guest this morning is Dr. Michael LaSalle, who is a private practice urologist um, at St. Barnabas Medical Center. Good morning, Dr. LaSalle. Good morning, Tom. Um, I'm going to give you some information on him, so get a pen and paper ready, because um, I'm sure you're going to want to contact him after the show. To reach Dr. LaSalle, it's 973-322-0133, and his office is located at 200 South Orange Avenue, Suite 228 in Livingston, New Jersey. Uh, being Men's Health Month, we're going to be discussing um, a sensitive topic for a lot of men, um, and uh, he is a urologist. His office is a full-service urology group, and they treat all types of urologic problems, for everyone, but today we're going to focus somewhat on erectile dysfunction and low testosterone. Um, so I'm going to give over the mic a little bit to Dr. LaSalle, and we're going to learn a little bit about him, and then we'll get into the topic. So again, good morning to you, and let's uh, learn a, bit, a little bit about you and your practice. Sure. Thank you. Um, appreciate being here. Uh, I'm a urologist by training, but I have a um, specific uh, subspecialty in erectile dysfunction, uh, male factor infertility, and reconstructive microsurgery. Um, and I trained um, originally doing my fellowship at Boston University uh, Medical Center. Um, at the time, I was very fortunate in 1998 to um, deal a lot with issues having to do with erectile dysfunction, especially with the uh, launch and being part of the launch of um, Viagra. 
that was the original time that I uh, noticed how men who would not normally come to the doctor flocked to the office because of the issue having to deal with erectile dysfunction and potential treatment, often to find that many people uh, had many other underlying conditions that really needed to be addressed, but they were just afraid to you know, discuss it with a doctor. So coming to you was very helpful for them overall health. They came for one specific reason, but found out there was other issues. Absolutely. Causing that. Um, that triggers our question. Let's get, I guess the basic question we can start is, is what is male erectile dysfunction? Uh, the definition of erectile dysfunction is the uh, consistent uh, inability to attain and or maintain an erection for satisfactory sexual performance, however you define that. But it usually has to happen for at least three to six months in duration. Um, sounds like a very uh, 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 narrow type of definition, but when you get into it, many men are starting to experience these things, but you know, just because you have a, a failure at one point uh, to, to, to not perform doesn't mean you have erectile dysfunction. Uh, if it's consistent and it's, it happens over time, those patients uh, tend to, to identify, hey, listen, something might be wrong with me. Maybe I should you know, consult a physician. Okay, so it's a consistency, um, not just a couple episodes. It's consistently having difficulty achieving erection. That is correct. Okay. What is the prevalence of erectile dysfunction? Of course, um, all the men are probably very focused on listening to this. Um, what is the prevalence of it, and, and how many men do actually suffer from it? Well, back, if you look at all the old uh, data, it, it appears that erectile dysfunction probably affects up to 30 million American men. Uh, you know, worldwide, it's, uh, you can't even count the numbers. Uh, it was originally uh, looked at at a Hallmark uh, study back in, in 1994, which has really tested time, where they looked at something called the Massachusetts Male Aging Study. And it looked at over 1,700 men questioned between the ages of 40 and 70 years old. And believe it or not, 52% of men actually suffered from erectile dysfunction in that age group. And when you look at the... Uh, at the data that 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 where we, was it the patients had erectile dysfunction with other reasons, and what was really interesting and in, in launching um, uh, Viagra back in 1998, what we found were that patients came to us really had other problems. Many had high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, coronary artery disease that was undiagnosed. Uh, they they were heavy smokers. They suffer from anger and depression. Um, as well as many other risk factors, but they were coming in because something wasn't working and they didn't feel as comfortable, and they said, hey, listen, I want to be treated, but meanwhile, we were seeing for the first time that maybe something else was wrong with them that they just didn't know. Okay, so when you're, when you're I guess it's the body's the system itself, so when you're having cardiovascular disease or atherosclerotic disease, um, it, it does affect the genital area. Um, I guess when you're, when you're talking, I'm thinking, is it always a physical problem, or can it be a psychosomatic problem, an emotional problem? Or with men, I know with women it's a little bit different how, how we, we both work. Um, is it always a physical problem with erectile dysfunction? Uh, great question. I always say it's um, there's there's a physical problem usually in about 80% of the time, and then a psychological problem we usually say in about 20% of the time. So one out of five times it may be truly psychological, but most of the time four out of five chance that you're going to have some type of physical problem. But then there's the mixed thing. Do you have the psychological and or the physical? And what came first, the chicken or the egg? Or what came first, the erectile dysfunction or the psychological issues that go along with not being able to perform? 
And that's always been the issue for many of the p- people coming in because they're just afraid to say, hey, uh, something may be happening. Is there something really wrong? Or can I just take a medication? And with all the media that's out there, people are drawn to this topic. Yet uh, many times for men, it's it's a it's an entrance to say maybe there is something else that I should be looking at. And you know, going back to your original uh, discussion about cardiovascular disease and uh, issues with what we call endothelial dysfunction, it was uh, really ironic that years ago we found that there was something called endothelial dysfunction in the in the um, in the linings of the of the arteries and the vessels that supply the blood flow to the penis. And sometimes erectile dysfunction maybe showing plaque or or um, or uh, atherosclerotic disease which decreases blood flow to the penis it may be the earliest sign that something is going on in the heart causing something and we've sent patients for stress tests that actually failed the stress test because they came in for erectile dysfunction right so it's a sign and i would think if it got to that point that the disease probably is pretty pretty heavy um, that's starting to affect the peripheral parts of the body. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's that's something for everyone to listen to. I'm sure, again, we, we'll probably have a, a heavy prevalence of male listeners today. Um, and it's a very, it is a very sensitive topic. So um, if you're out there and you, you want to call in, please, you know, give the doctor a call at 973-267-WMTR. I also want to give a little bit more information, and then we'll get back into questions. Um, there is a men, men's health forum um, on erectile dysfunction and low testosterone, which is Wednesday, June 19th. Um, uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Barnabas Health um, Ambulatory Care Center, which is on South Orange Avenue in Livingston. Um, and you could also go on to a website where you can, there's, you can just post frequently asked questions in the privacy, uh, of course, of your home. And if you just wanted to get some information, um, and that's um, NewJerseyMensHealth.InnovativeAway.com. Is that correct? Is that how it is? That InnovateAway.com. Okay, so it's InnovateAway.com. Um, so write that stuff down. That'll be very, very helpful. And also Wednesday, June 19th, you can contact the medical center to get more information on that uh, forum. Okay, uh, back to our questions. Of course, to prepare for each show, I have a few, few questions written down. One I had was, what are the risk factors of erectile dysfunction? And as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, is there a risk of erectile dysfunction, or is it having this unhealthiness like cardiovascular disease, the underlying um, it, or is it, there a it's, it's a there are there are several risk factors, but the most common things that you can think about are lifestyle related things. Um, if you're overweight, if you suffer from diabetes, again, if you have a poor diet and you have high cholesterol or the beginnings of coronary artery disease because of the the, the long term effects of stress and, and things on the body, all these things can contribute to the underlying problem with erections. Um, We always try and get someone to look at their lifestyle first to see if there are reversible causes. Are there medications that you're taking? There are many medications that have side effects of erectile dysfunction. People just don't know it. Um, There are many things that happen. Again, one of the worst habits that people have is is smoking, and over time, the smoking can cause damage to the blood vessels. Uh, One of the most common things we see in history is are people who say, hey, doc, you know, uh, are you a smoker? And I said, well, we we asked them the question. They say, well, I don't smoke. I said, well, did you ever smoke? And they said, oh, yeah, I smoked 30 years ago, Mm. 10 years, two packs a day. I said, well, it's worse that you smoked 30 years ago because it can affect you longer term because you've been damaging the body 
for that period of time. So sometimes a lot of these are reversible. If you are a smoker and we tell you to stop smoking, sometimes you will improve your your ability to get blood flow back into these into these uh, systems. If you correct high blood pressure, uh, one of the most uh, common things that we see are patients who have undiagnosed high blood pressure. That's very very uh, uh, adverse to their health, and it does affect their, their functioning um, and abil- inability to function. Okay. And speaking about um, diagnosed, um, I think we probably touched base, but let's go over it. How is, it, how is erectile dysfunction diagnosed? I mean, you said uh, periods between three and six months of uh, uh, inability to achieve erection. Is, is that the only way you diagnose it, or is there other ways? There are several ways. Um, the diagnosis often is, you know, person comes into the office understanding, hey, listen, it just doesn't work. Uh, Outside of that, there are, um, and I guess, you know, as a benefit to having um, the access to the internet and media, there there are certain questionnaires. Uh, There's something called the Sexual Health um, Inventory for Men. It was an abbreviated version of a scientific type of uh, way that you can look at. Very simple questions to see if you have a higher or lower risk of erectile dysfunction just by answering this series of questions. We actually have that um, posted um, on the um, on this website with um, frequently asked questions, and for anybody that's interested, you can actually go up on the on the site. Uh, it's www.newjersey or I'm sorry, njmenshealth.innovateaway.com. It's um, <clears throat> it is a um, a way for you to just answer and see am I a higher likelihood or a lower likelihood of having problems with the erections? And there's a certain number that allows you to say, hey, listen, uh, I I may have a problem, but most of the time we just ask a series of questions in the office that are um, uh, you know you, you, if a person comes in and just discusses it with the doctor, the doctor is going to ask him those risk factors. He's going to look for certain lifestyle issues. And then if, if there is a question or concern, uh, you can actually get testing. There's uh, something called uh, office injection testing. Uh, there's something called a penile duplex stop or ultrasound where we can actually assess the blood flow in the penis. Um, there's a series of testing that you can do. In addition to that, there's also hormone profiles. Uh, some people do also suffer, and we, we really haven't spoken about it in too much length, um, low testosterone levels. Low testosterone can have an effect negatively on your erections, but it doesn't necessarily cause erectile dysfunction, but it can contribute to it. So a comprehensive discussion with a doctor, identifying that there's a problem, some simple basic tests that can be done, and um, sometimes you can just initiate treatment based off of just a history and physical. Sometimes we need more information. Okay. That was very helpful. And again, if you need that, uh, the call-in numbers or the information, you could always uh, call the radio station even after the show, and we'll get back to you somehow. They can contact me, and we'll get, get the information to you. I do want to touch base uh, more on the testosterone issue, um, but I want to continue right kind of going down the line of what we're doing. How is erectile dysfunction treated? Um, now, I know on TV there's some beautiful um, uh, commercials, and they're very touching, and everything looks great. Um, but is that, is that the fix? Is it just taking a pill, or is it more extensive than that? Is it that simple? <clears throat> For many people, um, it, it does just involve um, the, the newer medications that have come out since Viagra. Uh, there's Viagra, Levitra, um, Cialis. 
uh, stacks, and there's a whole series of new what we call PDE5 inhibitors. And as a class of medication, basically what it does is the, the, the erection process really has three separate components. One is the sensation. Do I have this you know, the ability of understanding and the neurological pathway to allow the nerves to signal that you want to be interested in having sexual activity, that signal has to be transmitted to the penis, which has two uh, what we call erection chambers called the corporal cavernosal bodies. Those two bodies have to get blood flow in it by bringing blood flow um, by the artery into the penis, and then the veins that are in the penis that allow blood to escape from the penis. Um, if you get an erection and increase blood flow, it's kind of like a tire in a car. Okay. I always use that analogy. Think of the tire uh, filling up with air. If it has a, a good flow, you'll you'll be able to fill up the tire. As long as there's a seal on the tire, that's the vein. As long as it's trapping it, the, you'll drive away and everything will be fine. If you don't have good blood flow, it takes a longer time to fill the tire, but eventually it'll fill. If there's a nail in the tire, the tire is going to leak, and that's usually what we call a venous leak. Most of the time, if somebody has some mild atherosclerotic disease or decreases in blood flow to the penis, um, using a PDE5 inhibitor such as Viagra, Levitra, Staxin, um, or Cialis can increase that blood flow by allowing more relaxation and basically pumping the tire quicker. Okay, got it. That's a, that's a really good analogy, actually. I'm, I'm, as you're talking, I'm trying to visualize it, and it does make a lot of sense. Um, on that visualization note, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Dr. LaSalle. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day, I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. AM 1250. Welcome back. I'm Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. Welcome to Answers Live. I have Dr. Michael LaSalle, a private practice urologist um, from St. Barnabas Health System. And we're talking about um, during Men's Health Week uh, month, I should say, erectile dysfunction, low testosterone. Um, we really uh, got into the subject and we've learned an enormous amount of information. Again, if you want to call in and speak to him directly, you have your chance now is 973-267-WMTR. Um, Dr. LaSalle, we went through kind of the sequence of um, what causes it, and we um, took a break right at um, the Viagra or, or the medications. So again, real quick, what does the medication actually do? It, it, it um, prevents the veins from draining as quickly? Actually, actually Viagra usually enhances the blood flow um, to the penis uh, by working through a system called um, phosphodiesterase type 5 inhibition. Basically, it's a complicated way of saying that you're 
decreasing um, uh, the uh, ability for the penis to to um, or I'm sorry, increasing the ability of the penis to actually have the muscles in the in the two erection chambers to relax to enhance blood flow so that it can stimulate the blood flow to get it into the penis. Yeah, the one uh, caveat to having um, or using any of the this uh, class of medications is that you need sexual stimulation, otherwise it doesn't work. You don't just take the pill and get an erection. You have to use some element of um, sexual stimulation to allow it to work. Um, the benefits of, of you know, Viagra, uh, Levitra, and Staxin are more shorter term acting drugs. They usually last in the system up to 12 to 18 hours, even though the peak onset of action is usually within the first um, you know, four hours. But Cialis usually lasts for several days, and it's one of the benefits that you can have something that's more, a little bit more spontaneous, where can last in the system for a longer period of time. And again, you're not just walking around with an erection. You hear about these uh, cra cra days, crazy, crazy, crazy commercials <laughs> where people come in and say, hey, listen, I'm getting this four-hour erection. Uh, that's a condition called priapism. It's, it is, there is a condition called priapism. It's a painful erection that can last for more than four hours. Uh, but it's not usually um, a side effect of the medications. It can happen, but it's very rare. So most patients that use it um, do experience and like the medication, but you know the medication does have some side effects and also has some contraindications. That class of medications in general should be totally contraindicated if any person is using or having nitroglycerin um, because it can really drop blood pressure as a side effect. So in my practice, if, if a patient has coronary artery disease or has some element of it and says, hey, listen, I'm being treated, and I ask them, do they have nitroglycerin even in their possession or have they use it, I will not give them that prescription. It's not for everyone, and I don't ever uh, advocate people taking other people's drugs to, right. to try and use it. Um, outside of that, there are a series of other medications outside of the Viagra, um, Levitra, uh, Staxin, or Cialis, such as injectable therapy that could work very well for someone who may not work with the oral medications. And then when all else fails, there are other conditions, even with penile prosthesis, which is an artificial device that can be implanted into the penis, believe it or not, uh, right. that can give you on-demand use for an erection. And for people who have you know, bad problems where now you have the leakage issue we talked about, even though you increase the blood flow, it's kind of like having a spike in the tire. No matter what you, how much flow you put into that to that tube, it's just not going to fill. And uh, for some men, this has really revolutionized what what's happened to them in, in terms of their well-being. Sure. So they're happy that they have some type of solution. This is something that really should be determined with a, a person seeking or male seeking the advice of a physician who has training in that area. Okay. Um, some of the side effects that I've, I've heard people, um, being medical background, um, people sometimes say they see different lights or visual disturbances. Is that true? The answer is yes. Um, in a small percentage of patients, there are a series of side effects that occur with all these PDE5 inhibitors. So, for instance, if you took Viagra, some patients will complain of headaches, okay. facial flushing, uh, some stuffy nose, okay. mildly upset stomach, um, and some people do get visual and auditory disturbances. And the reason for that is that this PDE5 has a uh, another enzyme called a PDE6 inhibition that actually works in the retina of the eye and can oh. cause some visual changes. So every so often you'll come in and say, hey, doc, you know, I had a, I had a great experience, but I started seeing this blue-green haze. You know, right. what, what was that? And it's really from the medication, but they thought that they were taking something else. They said, I had a great experience, but, you know, I saw this, uh, this aura. <laughs> And it, it, it can be a side effect of the medication. Okay, but all that stuff does wear off with the half-life and when the, when the uh, drug leaves the system. Yes, and Cialis um, a, a, in particular, even though it lasts longer in the system, it has something called a PDE-11 
given the inhibition, which can also cause some like some mild lower back discomfort or pain because it works more on this uh, skeletal muscle area. Okay. So some people will have that as a side effect. Okay. Uh, very interesting information. Um, again, we're we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, testosterone. You touched before on it, and that that um, watching TV, I've noticed enormous amounts of ads. Um, I think more so this year than ever on uh, testosterone and low testosterone level. And, and I was curious what's going on and why all of a sudden do, are these ads just out with low testosterone and, and, and all these new types of drugs to elevate it? And, and what's going on with the low testosterone? Is it uh, probably the hottest topic in men's health right now is the issue of, uh, quote-unquote, low T or low testosterone. Right, right, right. Um, you know, take the, the typical guy who is, you know, getting into his 40s, early 50s, noticing that, you know, at the end of the day, he's getting a little bit sluggish at work, maybe he added on a couple pounds, uh, not feeling the energy that he had before, and he just feels like, you know, he just doesn't function or feel as up to the way he was when he was a little bit younger. And it, it, what's really interesting is that if you took a simple blood test, it's um, called the uh, total testosterone level, that a level under the uh, number of 300 is normally un identified as what we call a low testosterone level. And low testosterone has been associated with all types of issues and problems where people, um, you don't get as good muscle mass, uh, you don't get the same vigor in terms of, you know, sometimes it's mostly sexually related, but many times people gain weight, they um, um, uh, lose their muscle mass, they feel like fatigued, they don't have the same concentration ability. And many times after the age in late 30s, early 40s, we have a gradual decline in our normal testosterone levels. Um, testosterone is usually secreted by the body in what we call a diurnal variation. Two peaks are usually happening in the day. First time early in the morning, one time you know, later in the afternoon. But we always tell patients uh, when they come in and, and they're tested to really do it early in the morning because it's usually the highest level. As we get older, we tend to lose 1% to 2% of our testosterone per year as it goes down. So when guys are not feeling as well, they say, hey, listen, am I really at a low level? Or are there things that can be adversely affected? Um, there's something called metabolic syndrome. And metabolic syndrome is a, is a condition where you, know, you have a, a series of things that can happen, increased truncal obesity. So for a normal man, if you took a, a, a weight uh, or a measurement and went around your mid-waist and you found that your abdominal waist was over 40 centimeters, I'm sorry, 40 inches as far as the um, circumference, uh, you test some of the uh, issues such as blood pressure and the blood pressure being like greater than 130 over 85, um, fasting blood sugars are, are greater than 110, which could be an early sign of diabetes, uh, high, um, uh, your HDL level, which is an indicator of your good or bad cholesterol, if that level is low, under 40, and uh, a triglyceride level that's really, really high. If you took a couple of those parameters and you look at that and you have this thing called metabolic syndrome, it's an increased ability that some of these other areas, and it has been also associated with low testosterone levels. So when we start looking at all these things, again, all those risk factors for erectile dysfunction are sort of circumventing themselves over to the low testosterone side. So sometimes we can reverse some of these effects, um, you know, and feeling better by giving some supplemental testosterone. Uh, the problem is that people just go out and they say, hey, listen, I need testosterone replacement. There may be something else wrong with you, and a doctor really should be the one implementing and giving it to you by looking at all those different systems. Okay. Um, is this a gel? Because I know <clears throat> I've heard of the androgel, um, and, and gentlemen used to have to, I guess, rub it on certain parts of their body. Is it a pill? Is it a gel? 
the classical ones used to be injectables, okay. where they used to give injectable testosterone. The problem with injectable testosterone in the past is you got a real high spike and then it would drop down a couple of weeks later. So what was really great was uh, the um, uh, development of some topical gels that you rub on your body. Um, it's done once daily. Uh, Androgel is one of the uh, particular uh, types. There's uh, Testum, uh, Fortesta, um, Axeron. There's a series of medicines that basically you, you rub on. And what it does is it increases the testosterone levels gradually in your system over time. And then you can reject blood vessels, uh, uh, blood levels to see if your testosterone level is elevating. Now, newer uh, technology has come out where they actually put pellets under the skin called Testapel. So if you have somebody who responds pretty well and doesn't want to have to worry about the, the uh, administration of a testosterone daily, we now can put these little implants in people and, and it really helps them. But again, it's not just to be done, you know, too many people are just coming in saying, hey, listen, I have low testosterone because I have the symptoms. You may have a perfectly normal testosterone level and have symptoms and it's not from low T. Right. Right. Actually, I had a physical. I was, <laughs> as you're saying the symptoms, I'm like, I have most of those. And I did have my testosterone tech, uh, checked and it was normal. So I guess it's just aging and I'm doing too much and I'm getting close to being 50. Um, but like I said, I have seen an enormous amount of commercials. So I did want to ask you that. Is it just a marketing thing now or is actual the environment or is it just that they found out that low testosterone has these symptoms? So they're just advertising it for people to get checked. Is that it's it's a combination of sort of all of the above. Unfortunately, when there is a um, a media blitz and everybody puts it out there, everybody thinks it's the next best thing to aging and anti-aging. That you know, I can reverse the natural aging process by giving testosterone. Uh, testosterone has you know some really beneficial effects. Uh, but it also can have some negative effects, and you have to really be careful with your doctor to understand it can increase your red blood cell mass, it can cause swelling in your legs, it can cause uh, you know, acne, <laughs> not that that's a major issue, uh, but um, there are, are other side effects to testosterone that you really have to be careful. If you have breast cancer in a male, which is very rare, or even uh, prostate cancer, it has been in the past contraindicated to even consider using testosterone. Uh, some newer data that's just come out um, is allowing patients who have prostate cancer, though, in certain uh, um, uh, controlled environments that you can actually supplement testosterone because having no testosterone may not be a good thing for all other body parts outside. So we're getting much, much more information clinically that allows the, the person who is having issues with the um, erections but also with testosterone to say, hey, listen, we can supplement effectively. You just have to do it under the care of a physician who understands your medical history and says, yes, it's right for you. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to start to wrap up the show. It was so informative. Um, hopefully we answered a lot of listeners' questions, but I want to go through some key numbers um, and some websites. Again, <clears throat> this was Dr. Michael LaSalle. Um, he's private practice at St. Barnabas. To reach him directly, it's 973-322-0133. And I just want to let the listener know that your practice is not just erectile uh, dysfunction. It's, a, 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 I guess, a full service, I would say, urology practice. So anyone that has urological problems can go to your practice. You just specialize in this. So um, it's great for the listeners to know that there's someone that specializes locally uh, in this. That's correct. So you do all types of urological that, that problems. Um, again, your address is 200 South Orange Avenue, Suite 228 in Livingston, New Jersey. I want to uh, stress again the Men's Health Forum, which is Wednesday, June 19th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Again, the website is www.NewJerseyMensHealth.com. 
innovativeaway.com. That's a forum for you to um, kind of ask, uh, get questions answered on anything about erectile dysfunction and low testosterone. Uh, again, um, uh, I'm from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Our main office is at 310 Madison Avenue um, in Morristown, New Jersey. Our newest one is in Bedminster, New Jersey for the Somerset County uh, listeners. We're right there in Bedminster. Again, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show, and I look forward to speaking to you again next Sunday. Again, any questions, you can always call in the show or uh, call um, Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. Ask for me, and I'll get you the information you need. Have a great Sunday. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Wild animals face many risks at the hands of humans, but the pervasive and unprecedented destruction of their habitat threatens their very existence. More than 30% of the world's mammals and birds are considered threatened with extinction. We're in the midst of the first great mass extinction to be caused by humans. The only humane solution is land conservation and connecting fragmented wildlife habitats. For more than a